Hello and welcome to another episode of Pat's Chat. Today I'm with a very interesting person from Singapore, Miss Suchi, Lover Queen and Empowerment Advisor. Hi, Miss Suchi, how are you today? Hi, Patrick. Thanks for having me. I am doing awesome. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine too. I just figured out you just moved back to Singapore. You were on a, on a trip in the UK, if I'm not wrong, but you're still in quarantine. You're in the, in the hotel right now. So how, yes, how is that? How many days are you there already? Okay, so I, I, I traveled to UK for two months. When I traveled to Singapore, I was um, sent to this beautiful island. It's called Sentosa. So the name of the resort is Rasa Sentosa by Shangri-La. So I'm at this five-star hotel with my balcony opening to the, the give me that sea view and the ships and the beautiful birds and gardens. So I am really happy here. I will be going back home on Friday. Coming Friday, yeah. Coming Friday. Wow. So uh, 10 days, 12 days already. But of course, there is worse place to be in quarantine than where you are, I think. Uh, looks quite nice. It's all how you look at it. It's like how you look at it. It's all your perspective. So I tend to look at things positively. So I look at it like, okay, I had a very busy time in UK. So God has balanced it out by sending me to a very serene, peaceful, beautiful place for me to rest. <laughs> For me to rest for 14 days so i am ready to start my work like okay. yeah. now i'm having these virtual conferences and talks uh here as well so it's all work is going on even if you are away from home sure yeah. awesome okay so so you said you're just back from um, uk and uh, I'm, I'm wondering um it's a big a big difference on how uh, Asia, especially Singapore and uh, UK are handling this, uh, let's say, crisis. What, what is your personal feeling? Uh, how is the mood uh, in Europe or in UK specifically? How does it change or how is it different to, to Singapore? Yes, yeah, so people in UK are uh, expected to wear masks when only when they are traveling. Like they wear masks in the taxis, uh, in tubes. Uh, and uh, shopping malls. So the other times, at the other times, they are chilling out. They are free. They are like not so bothered about uh, COVID nineteen. So they tend they are, they look more relaxed. Uh, but the cases are on the rise. Whereas in Singapore, we have been asked to put on the mask when we step out of homes, and we have been following that. We've been doing that for months now. So it's it becomes it it has become a norm for us to put on the mask before we step out. And the government is doing a good job here. The, uh, the authorities, officers are managing it really well by by taking good care of it. So last week we were at zero cases, like we didn't have any cases anymore. But we also had travelers coming from other countries, so we have some imported cases as well. So government officers are really particular about once you land. Like when I was, I, I landed here, I did not have any contact with locals. I was straight away asked to take a coach and I was asked to come all the way to this resort, which is more or less on an island. And I had no contact with locals because I've been requested and asked and I'm following that very religiously and very, very uh, happily as well because I'm a responsible citizen. So I have been in my room for 10 days. I only stepped out yesterday to go for my swab test. My COVID-19 swab test was done. It was also, again, they see how they 
take good care of you. You need not travel somewhere to go for your swab test, but they arranged it here in the hotel itself. So you just go down yeah. and you get your test done and you come back. So there is a very minimum or no possibility of you passing the infection to someone else someone else mm -hmm. if you are infected. So uh, I would say that I'm very proud of uh, local uh, locals, uh, Singaporeans, and even expatriates who are um, following the rules and regulations and keeping Singapore um, as uh, the world's safest place to be when it comes to COVID-19 infections. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> okay, I see. So uh, let's move into um, like your, like your um, expertise that is really... Um, Lofer therapy. Uh, I saw this first time uh, when I followed your uh, LinkedIn profile, and I know you were like you. You have been a principal, a, a, a preschool principal uh, before. Then you moved into uh, this lofer therapy. What well, what was the trigger for you to change your uh, profession? Let's say. Uh, thank you, Patrick. That's a very beautiful question, I must say. So I have been uh, living uh, life just like any other person, complaining about life, paying uh, my focus at negatives of life, what's missing in my life, uh, just uh, paying my bills and ready to die, like not really knowing what's the purpose of my life, why am I born, what am I born for, what am I doing on this earth? So I was living life just like any ordinary person uh, before I lost my mom. I lost my mom to cancer eight years back. And that's where all these questions started to pop up in my mind. Like, am I only uh, here on this earth to pay my bills and die? So I realized that, no, there is so much more to my life. And I started to think about my legacy, like when I... When I leave this planet, what kind of what kind of impact I am going to be having on people? How many hearts I'm going to be touching? So these kind of questions popped up, and that's where the, the transformation happened. I, I would say, and I started to look at life differently, and I started to give back to society. I started to help people. So I have saved uh, 51 people who were having suicidal thoughts. I have saved um, now it's uh, 38 people from depression. 38, 39 for depression, yeah. So uh, I was working as a principal. So my job was more about uh, reporting to ministry, administration, filing, managing parents, managing teachers, overall daily operations. I was doing it wonderfully. I Parents were happy with me. Teachers loved me a lot. And ministry officers were also co commenting, like, you are an awesome principal. So at, at some point, you start to feel that you're not growing as a person. Like you're not learning. You just go to work, you do whatever you're supposed to do, like administration filing. But I was not learning anything new. Although I upgraded myself, upgraded my skills, and I did a lot of courses. But like, after my mom's demise, I had a feeling that I can't be just filing, doing administration, and reporting to ministry forever. So I felt that I am getting stagnant and i am not growing as a person and that's where i decided to resign and mm -hmm. explore other opportunities and um, then i came across a laughter coach a local 
coach, Mr. Ram, and I picked up some exercises from him. Uh, I didn't stop it there because I realized that it's just not about this whole haha and then going back to your own sad world where people are like very feeling very sad, low and depressed. So I studied more. I studied about brain development. I joined a school as a, a trainer when it comes to right brain development. And that's where the journey started. So I learned and studied a lot before I and experiments I spoke at conferences I presented my research and then I became the laughter therapist yeah <laughs> okay can, can you um that's uh, that's quite interesting of a journey can can you like dig a little bit deeper into what laughter therapy really is I mean uh, how does it work uh, or better like why does it work Okay, so I picked up laughter exercises, which were about just gathering together with your friends, friends, family members, and just laugh like, oh, ha, ha, ha. and that's what I learned. So I realized that there, there's so much more I can do. Uh, so whatever has been helping me as a person, I weave that in and, and according to the The, the, the age of, if I'm working with children, then it has to be this way. I'm working with wheelchair-bound people, then it, my therapy has to be catered according to their needs. If I'm working with children with special needs or uh, specially abled people, I don't call them dis disabled, I call them specially abled. So we have working with them. What? How can I cater to their needs accordingly uh, and make changes? So that's what I did. And then I designed it uh, that way that it takes care it takes care of all the areas not only just uh, uh someone gets like happy hormones but it's also about like how how can i make that person feel relaxed calm yeah so i weave that in and then then design this therapy so it includes um introduction of laugh therapy then i get the participants to do simple stretching it's really important to exercise i get them to do deep breathing because most of the people are walking on this earth uh, taking shallow breaths so i get people to intentionally take deep breaths in and it's really beautiful to get them to do like take a deep breath in and breathe out to the furthest star in the galaxy so I do this kind of old therapeutic things. And after that, I get them to practice laughter exercises. So when I picked up some exercises from a local coach, I tapped on other coaches around the world. So I picked up many exercises and then I designed my own. Every time I conduct therapy, I would come out with a new laughter exercise. So I get people to do exercises. Uh, they must laugh out loud using their belly for 15 to 20 minutes. And I get them to either they lie down or they sit up straight and tall. And I get them to do progressive muscle relaxation. So that's what laughter therapy is about. You, you make them laugh for 15 to 20 minutes. Like this more a forced yeah. laugh or how, how can I imagine this work? Because you're not a, a comedian, right? So you're not telling jokes. But how, how do you make people... How do you make people laugh? I mean, what, what is the... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, not to see it's not a secret right but what, what is the the point for you um how how do you make people just laugh out i mean force themselves to to laugh so long especially <laughs> i explain to them how why is it important for us to laugh out loud so i explain to them the benefits of laughter therapy then i explain to them about our anatomy our brain chemistry how we can take control over how we feel Now, it's not about how others want us to feel, but how we want to feel about ourselves. So I talk about science experiments where 
I tell them words carry energy, words carry power, how we can say good good words to ourselves. Like we cannot be our self-critic. So I get them to do positive say positive affirmations aloud, like I am happy, I am awesome, I am power, yeah. So I change their body energies by saying positive affirmations aloud, get them to say, and then I I I start to I show how to practice exercises and I get them to practice with me literally like doing it with me and i'll tell by telling them that even if you are unhappy for some reason if you laugh out loud using your belly brain will not know the difference if it's a fake laughter or real laughter brain will still release happy hormones so i talk about hormones and tell them how important for us to for us to learn and practice uh, how we can keep our stress hormones low and how can we can boost our happy mm. hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then they start to practice with me and that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Very, very interesting. That's, that's awesome. And uh, you just mentioned before, like, okay, the, the focus you have is like on people having depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What is, um, well, let's start with this question first. I mean, now we live really in a, in a special time, a crisis, and uh, well, people have to stay inside with the lockdown or they have to go like you in, in some isolation, right? So you will not see like people, like real people for, uh, for 10, 14 days. Did, did you see like a pattern that there's a lot more depression uh, or depressed people uh, around and people have more anxiety maybe even the lockdown comes comes back what what is your yeah, observation yeah so my my area of concern and my area of control i always make sure that i don't get overwhelmed by what's not happening right what's not good i can continue to put focus at what's good what I can do, how I can have control over, what are the things I can do. So that's where, that's why I do not feel negative about any situation. So of course, there are, there is an increase when it comes to the number of people who are depressed. Yeah, so we, I hear more people calling me and talking to me about having suicidal thoughts. There are many people who are a little bit more aware about what depression is uh, because again uh, as a mental health advocate i use platforms like this podcast interviews and conferences and seminars and workshops to talk about what is depression and how we can manage depression and stuff so which i do it very regularly so that's one of the ways i help people uh, yes of course there's an increase when it comes to mental health uh, cases like people um, are feeling more depressed they are having societal thoughts they are not feeling as good as before but i tend to put focus at what i what can i do for them and that's what i do yeah i'm helping people every single day mm -hmm. okay um i think one of the uh, key aspects is like that um you can early identify right um something is is wrong like uh, early identify also depression what what are yeah. some signs like how can people identify in their surroundings like their family's friends that someone is going into a depression okay so there are uh, many red flags or many signs and symptoms where we can look around and find someone is not feeling as good as he or she used to feel so number one will be uh, loss of interest like people who used to go out play so like soccer or any other games or used to run and then all of a sudden we say let's go come on let's go have a game let's play a game say no i don't feel like 
okay so let's go out and go for a walk i don't feel like so these people tend to lose interest number one so if someone all of a sudden who used to be uh, like very active socially and uh, physically like going for runs walks jogs and exercise and all of a sudden this person is has started saying that i don't feel like i don't feel like and that's why you need to take note that uh, instead of um, judging that person like why are you like this why don't you feel like uh, instead of judging that person be there for that person and listen actively you don't really need to be a mental health advocate or a psychiatrist or psychologist in order to save people what all they need is someone to be there for them and we need to do that without judging them so when i he when people call me and tell me about their how they feel i don't tell them like why are you feeling like this so i don't judge them so you need to listen to them actively without judging and just be there for them that's what they need so depression can be cured i have cured uh, 30 30 32 or 30, 32 people so far uh, who are out of depression and they are not taking pills anymore so i'm using this kind of natural therapies to to cure them yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay <clears throat> when you said like um okay you cured uh, 32 uh, patients already i mean is there like a point where you say wow this is like uh, a, a tough uh, patient let's call it a, a, a tough case right to to solve um i need more help and maybe help from doctors or anything like that is, is, is did that happen to you or is it like uh, uh something that's really like your your expertise to like heal all all these people because there are levels of even when it comes to mental health there are various uh, Uh, mental health issues not just depression so if depression is not chronic if depression is uh, can be cured by like therapies i i i get the clients to do it then yes it can surely be cured that way but um like if it's the just beginning of depression and uh, as like someone like me i always create awareness about it so that i can help people at a very uh, early stage not when they are already like uh, not been talking for months or they have decided to keep quiet or they have decided to uh, or they're just in their own a sad black world where they are thinking of committing a suicide uh, we don't we shouldn't want to we don't want to wait to that stage and we want to provide help at the early stage yeah so of course uh, i have uh, when i help people i have come across people who are at early stage and also some who are when they look at the train they feel like jumping on the on the track so i have cured all sorts of people yeah mhm okay um uh, you just mentioned also like um maybe the last stage of depression is um uh, suicidal mm-hmm. thoughts right it's like mm-hmm. when you really see no more way out and then just like mm-hmm. uh finish with your life um how do you i mean are those uh people still capable of like reaching out uh for help um is that still possible you think or is it like really at a stage um sometimes you don't even figure it out right i heard of some uh, person they uh, uh suicide that um 
without like any signs. So um, that, that was came more to a surprise to to families. I also would like to ask the same question: like, how how what are the signs? How can can you in a family or within friends like identify some patterns uh, that someone is like at risk? Yes, sir. Uh, as a mental health advocate who is uh, who is helping to remove stigma attached to mental health, I uh, talk about mental health very regularly, and I'm going to do that till we start to see uh, and mention about mental health issues just like physical health. So I would be talking about it till the day people start to talk about, oh, I'm depressed. Just like the way they say, I'm diabetic. Yeah. So right now there is so much stigma attached to it, and um, due to taboo and how people in society might look at me if I am, I say I'm depressed. People don't tend to share it. So uh, when you mention about how to find out, so people who are depressed will not come to you. You need to look for them. So when I see someone mm -hmm. who is usually like doing well but not like posting this kind of depressing post on social media platforms or uh, crying out for help, but very subtly, not like openly, I would know. I would just know that this person needs help. So it happened on LinkedIn uh, when um, one year back I saw a post, say, my mom, called, my mom called me a black sheep today. Uh, am I not good enough to get a job as someone who washes dishes, as a cleaner, am I not good enough? So that's what the person wrote. And I reached out. And uh, that person has more followers than me now. And he has become a motivational speaker. So I reached out to him. I kind of mentored him, guided him, kind of groomed him. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how one of the stories. Like, so uh, people who are depressed will not come to you. They will not say, hey, come, come, give me help. Oh, I am depressed. You will have to watch, watch for them and look out and, and assist and provide help. So that's what I do. So this most of my time when I'm not chatting in private with somebody and this and that, I'm like looking out for this kind of people and providing help. So I'm very focused at what I want to do in life. So I don't waste time yet. Mm, that's that's uh, for sure awesome. Um, uh, let me ask you, Misuchi, um, which, which is for you personally the greatest um, success story in, in this journey that you had for you personally? Uh, to be able to save lives is something which I feel very fulfilling and rewarding. So the rest of the, the rewards, like the top 50 most impactful people, top 20, uh, this and that, all sorts of awards and recognitions and people saying, I know I'm, I'm living in the, uh, on the darkest, darkest uh, place on this earth and your post gave me that light and this kind of comments and this, this just keeps me going. But to be able to save lives is something I find very uh, fulfilling and um, that, that that's what... Uh, keeps me going on this mm -hmm. path. It's like, yeah, you can do it. Come on, one more person. Come on, two more people. Like, And I just want to reach out to as many people as I can and tell them how uh, how beautifully we are designed. It's all about knowing our anatomy, knowing our brain chemistry, and take full control over it to feel empowered. So we don't need to live our life feeling depressed and low. Once we understand, realize, and learn how powerfully we are designed, like the way we are, everybody can start to enjoy life and, and 
and of course feel uh, happy successful and peaceful from within yeah okay sure um were the cases that or like let's say one case that you you can share with us where you felt yourself like coming to some limits where you said like wow it that is like more than i can really uh support or like um make sure that this this person's feels later because the case is just too complex or too complicated and how how did you deal with that Yeah, so the, as I mentioned before, the mental health uh, issues, there, there, there's not just one type. There are many types of mental health cases, right? So there was a lady who was having hallucinations. So she used to see and perceive things which are not, not even real. So that's what keeps her, that, that, kept, that made her feel very anxious. So if, if there is some, uh, some issues when it comes to just like our networks, right? Networks. So there's brain networks. If there are some issues with, with the connections and something which is internal, I can't really go into their brain to fix it. So that's where they, they need to take medication and they need to go for, to see the psychiatrist, the psychologist and go for, go for treatment, like really treatment. Yeah. So there was a case where I attended to this lady who was, uh, who had not been sleeping for uh, 10 years. She was not able to sleep at night for 10 years. Oh, wow. And okay. um, her days were like haywired. So, like, she used to shout, scream at night, and uh, she, would, she would continue to talk negative. Like She was not able to pay, pay attention to her attention at what's good in her life. So I tried to do whatever I could. But that, that was uh, her issues, uh, uh, mental health issues were more or less like internal damage, like which, which had happened due to what happened with her. And um, that was something which I couldn't fix. So then I told the family, of course, they trusted me and they believed in me and they shared their story. And I visited her three times. Mm-hmm. But then I told them that this is, uh, and she was already seeing a psychiatrist. So they were just trying various ways. So that was internal, internal damage was done. So that's for that. These kind of people need uh, to be uh, taken care by a specialist uh, who can also uh, provide them with medicine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand. Okay, thanks a lot for uh, sharing also these uh, these kind of cases that are obviously very uh, challenging, very difficult. Um, I know you you're speaking like uh, in the entire world and on events. Uh, what what is the next big thing upcoming for for you personally? Oh my. My dream and my vision is to travel globally, to be able to travel now due to COVID-19, uh, the travel is on a pause right now. So I would like to travel globally to to spread this positivity and energy to, around the world because no matter how much we say virtually, I can pass this energy and heal people and this and that. But I have realized how good I feel when I see people in person. So during my last trip to India in February, I had 500 people queuing up just to get my hug, just to touch me, just to take a photo with me. And that's, I, that's where I feel like, wow, like I have this kind of impact where uh, everybody's waiting to take a photo. I'm not, talking, I'm not boasting about myself. I'm just saying that I would like to do this for millions around the world. Uh, because if you are able to 
just hold someone's hand and positive energy that person and um, if someone feels good when standing next to you or if someone finds this motivating to attend your talks, then it's really good to reach out to millions. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Very, very interesting. I have to say, um, Suchi, which is the best way uh, to reach out to you? Which is your preferred channel that uh, people can reach out to you that really feel right now mm -hmm. or they, they would need your help or your support or just your uh, kind words to support them? Okay, so I do not have any website. What what I did was one year back, I Googled my name. So I said, Google my name, Miss Suchi. So it came at like 10, 10, 10 place. So I was like, no, I would like to see my step at number one. So I worked very hard. So I showed up at this conference, that conference, that spoke at many places and many platforms and many podcast interviews. And I just kept on showing up on social media platforms like, so just spreading positivity around the world. So I Googled my name again and it was at number one. So when someone Googles Miss, that is because I'm the former principal, Miss, and then S-U-C-H-I, that's the name, Suchi, Miss Suchi. When you Google that name, uh, you will see my number name at number one and all my social media platforms, my words will be there. So Miss Suchi, that's what they need to Google in order to find out how they can contact me. So that's how awesome. It's working. <laughs> okay, cool. I will, I will, of course, share some of the links to your social media where you share a lot. Uh, your YouTube channel, I think there's almost 200 videos yeah. already there, um, which uh, are quite interesting to, to, to view and learn from it. Um, maybe as, a, as final words, uh, Ms. Suji, uh, what, what are your top three tips for uh, people nowadays to make sure they stay healthy, they, they stay positive and don't risk to get into depression. Okay, so, so number one will be know that you are designed very beautifully. It's all about knowing your true powers so that you don't feel sad, low and depressed. Okay? And in order to live a very happy, successful life, it's really good to tap on your inner strength by connecting with yourself. Number two will be, do not postpone your happiness. We tend to postpone it by saying that I will be happy when this happens, that happens. So do not postpone your happiness. Be happy now. Number three, there are all sorts of people in this world. You are not born to please everybody. You are not born to make them happy. So you do your job properly and let go. Take control over how you feel when someone says something to you. So you can do that by, of course, learning. Uh, like I, I do share during my talks and therapies, like how you can take full control over it. So we can take control over how we feel, not by how people treat us, not controlling. Uh, you need not have control over that, but you can always have control over how you feel by taking control over Uh, your own emotions and feelings uh, by practicing emotional mastery. So, yeah. So, in order to live a very happy, successful, and peaceful life, one must work towards self-development. So, it's nothing to do with, like, that person and this person. Like, lots of people wasting their time on this earth, like, this person and that person and that. Like, no, no, no. It's all about uh, working from that victor mindset, not from a victim mindset. Like, oh, I'm so poor. I'm so, I'm all... Uh, you have to come out of that like, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, fantastic. I like that. Uh, thank you so much, Ms. Suchi, for uh, sharing all that, sharing your experience, sharing your, your knowledge. Really greatly appreciate that and appreciate your time also. Thank you, Patrick, for having me. Sure. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks so much. And thanks to the audience for watching that episode. I, help, I hope it was helpful uh, for you. Uh, if you don't feel well, uh, if you feel at risk, please feel free to reach out to uh, Ms. Suchi, I think, at any time. And uh, then I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time for another episode of Pat's Chat. Thanks. Have a great day.